Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. If you listen on the Entail app, that's E-N-T-A-L-E, photos, links and videos of what we're talking about will pop up as you listen. Have a look. Hi, everybody. I'm Annabelle. And I'm absolutely fine. But at the moment, I'm living a kind of life without boundaries, you know, as we as we limp out of lockdown and everything seems to be morphing into everything else in a really unenjoyable, confusing way. I feel dispirited and tired and disheartened and flat. And I don't like the way that I'm living now. But I also don't want to go back to the way that it was then. And I have no idea what I want. And um, it's, 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 not, it's not a brilliant feeling. It's not a fun kind of confusion. It's quite a flattening kind of confusion. How are you, Em? Well, uh, I'm absolutely fine. But um, I bit into something the other day and I got a sort of flash of root pain. And that sent me into absolute panic because regular listeners of the podcast may or may not remember that I had a sort of epic battle with my teeth a couple of years ago when I had to have a crown and then root canal and then a whole new tooth in and um, I had Invisalign and it was I mean you didn't you have your didn't you have your tooth pulled out like the lady lying in the abandoned boat in Les Mis yeah, I mean, basically. didn't you actually, didn't someone have their knee on your chest extracting a tooth? Virtually. And I, and I had a mild panic attack where my body went into total shock. And then when I FaceTimed my family afterwards, they all burst into tears because I looked so completely traumatised. Um, so, and that, is not, that notwithstanding, just the idea of um, finding a dentist, of course, obviously you can't. Paying for a dentist, obviously I can't. Um, so living with the pain, not being able to fix the pain, not wanting to fix the tooth. It's just like a whole dentist nightmare. Anyway, so that's how I am. Just basically in the back of my mind, a niggle that says, it's coming back, it's coming back. Anyway, maybe the goal is to emerge from lockdown looking refreshed, nourished and nurtured. Or maybe it's just to look like a fully functioning woman as opposed to the maniac in the mirror right now. Either way, we've got a proper beauty expert here to tell you everything she knows and everything she's put in her lockdown survival kit and is taking with her through the rest of 2020. The delightful Emma Gunnar-Wardner has a hit warts and all beauty and well-being podcast, The Emma Gunn Show, with over 7 million downloads. And she was a proper beauty editor for 10 years, so there's nothing she hasn't tried. Welcome to the podcast, Emma. How are you? Well, thank you. I'm absolutely fine. But truth be told, I'm probably worrying about something that I don't need to worry about. You feel me? <laughs> yes. I'm constantly always worrying about something I don't need to worry about. And then all the things I do need to worry about. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> well, no, because I just think it's so obvious when it happens, when I suddenly catch myself at sort of in the morning when I'm five steps out of my bed and... I've already started thinking about that horrible exchange I had with someone at school when I was 12. And it's like, well, why, are you, why is your brain doing this to you? Stop it. Let's think about that delicious coffee you're about to make. <laughs> 
I know you need to teach your brain to stop sending you the bad stuff, don't you? You need to go, yeah. sorry, can you send me something more useful? Like not, oh God, that playground conversation at 12, which by the way, I feel you. I still think about, I'm mortified by something I said at a party at 15 and now just thinking about Same. it and in my polyester dress, I'm so stressed, I'm like sweating and so stressed. Yes, I think you can, you can, you know, you could sort of be very gentle with yourself and show yourself lots of self-love and say, you know, why would I remember that? I'm worth so much more than this. Or you could be strict and you could say to your brain, this is inappropriate. I'm going to have a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I actually, I come from the school of tough love on, on myself and a lot of the time with other people. But I'm actually really interested about what you said, Annabelle, because I feel very... Uh, very similarly to you about lockdown where you said about I don't want it to go back to how it was before because I feel like that very much I feel like this has been the great reset I mean obviously it's been a horrible I know but but reset to what because before wasn't okay because we were all run ragged Mm -hmm. and and now doesn't feel okay because we're all sort of amorphous masses with uncertain futures so I feel like I I tell you why I feel like I'm letting myself down it's not just the haven't learned a new language haven't written a book during lockdown. That's such nonsense. You know, barely, barely, barely baked a fucking banana bread. (laughs) But because I feel like I should be, you know, I should be going out there and grabbing the future by the balls and thinking about what would creative dynamic people do with this moment of stillness? The answer is, as you say, panic about a conversation I had when I was 12. (laughs) And it just seems a shame. So we're going to get specific today. And we are going to think about solutions and little luxuries and beautiful and brilliant things that are out there from our terrible toes all the way up to our terrible hair via stretch marks and beards (laughs) so um (laughs) you know i've got a toe in the water of beauty but you're a bona fide expert so shall we start with the feet we shall indeed so i don't know about you but when i uh when lockdown began I had only very recently had a really wonderful pedicure. I had a beautiful, uh, gorgeous sort of snow white, uh, sort of slightly iridescent, nice pedicure on my toes, which is great for winter because what was it, February, March? Funnily enough, the last sort of meeting that Emily and I had, we engineered to be in a nail bar local to our office. I mean, practically moments before lockdown. It was the last um, thing because we did. Don't, isn't, it, isn't it somehow true that, you know, forget makeup and sort of, you know, um, you know blow dries. Isn't it funny these days, I don't know about you, I feel like if I've got my pedicure, if, my, if, if, my, if I've got my toes together, I've got my shit together. Do you know what it is? And I think about this a lot, and you'll understand why in a second. It's because I feel as though if your toes are done, then anything's possible. The impromptu trip to the beach, because your feet are done. You can wear those nice shoes, because your toes are nicely pedicured. So I just, I do agree with you. It is very much a, probably more than my hands, because I think you can make your hands look very nice without any colour on, if you're just nicely filed and buffed and you rub cuticle oil in. But I feel, uh, yeah, toes are, toes are a different thing altogether. They, they really say, I'm prepared and I'm ready, and I put the effort in. Yeah. So what happened after your beautiful iridescent snow white pedicure? Well, you know, got locked down, <laughs> locked down. So after I locked, went through locked that. Down. Locked okay, down. Locked down. Go on. Like blue. <laughs> the city's on lockdown. Yeah. Um, I let them grow out a little bit and for a little bit too long because I did that thing that a lot of people I know also sort of semi enjoy, which is that weird thing where you've got a little bit too much regrowth, a little bit too much nail, but for some reason you can't look away. But then I did soak them off. And then all I've done since is every single 
week, I sit down, I clip my nails, I buff them, I rub cuticle oil into them. I've got this brilliant one from Nath Nail Bar in Glasgow, which is absolutely the best cuticle oil I've ever tried. And it's in a little clicky pen. So it's super easy. I massage that in and I just make, I've just made them really, really neat. And they, and even though there's no polish on them, they look, they don't look cranky or janky or anything do you know it's so funny I was absolutely dreading bare feet you know I was (laughs) dreading the yellowing goat herd toenails and the you know terrible you know serrated heels and and all of that but 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 actually now I've been using um a a foot grater oh yes you have to be very gentle with if you one grate too far and it's very sore and flexitol this wonderful heel balm that is you know that right and they stick a sock on and um and 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 clipping them and now i i look down and i think how classy yeah i think who needs i think who needs a cherry red toenail i think this this is rather 70s and quite classy no i can't i look down i've also been using exactly the flexitol and the nyx grater and i'm still like as soon as the hot, our local place is open, I'm going cherry red again. I'm going to go and have a pedicure, but I think I'm going to leave them bare this summer. Ooh. I prob- Radical. I Radical. probably am going to paint them this week just because I fancy it and because it's, there's a heat Paint wave them yourself? <laughs> oh, okay. So here's one of the things about being a beauty editor that, that I didn't expect would happen. But I was in a very fortunate position of being invited to go and have every kind of treatment you can think of under the sun. Blow dries, facials, manicures, pedicures, all sorts. And in those treatments where I was able to see what was being done, I used to watch with hawk eyes because I'd be like, I want to be able to do that at home. And I take great pride in being able to do my manicure, my pedicure, my blow dry, as well as if a professional had done it. I really, really do. I think if you're in that position where you're getting the best treatments from the best people, like, don't just be able to talk about it, be able to do it. But I slightly worry about a lot of the salons, not just because of all the custom that they've lost out on during lockdown, but because people are getting better at doing it themselves. They can save money and stress and and, and diary, you know, fuckery Mm -hmm. by doing it themselves. And um, hair colour, you know, we could, you know, people I think, a lot of people I know will be going half as much because they can fill in the gaps with something at home. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, look, I I like to think I can copy but there is nothing like the full treatment and the experience and the artistry of it exactly exactly and I mean I can do I can do a very good job thank you very much but of course I will absolutely be going back I have let my hair grow as you can see because we're on video but it is like it's super long wow it's wonderful and I am not letting I'm waiting for my hairdresser I don't care if it if I have to wait till next year so, without wanting to sound incredibly pervy, <laughs> can we move from your feet up your legs? Of course you can. But I will just say, because uh, you mentioned about the foot grater, that's, one of, that's been oh, one yes. of my biggest discoveries. Is, and one of the nicest things that I've done for myself in lockdown, actually, is sitting on the side of the bath or getting a bowl of nice soapy water, like putting a nice bath oil or something in there, soaking your feet for 15 minutes and then doing them. I always used to think you had to use those graters on dry skin, but you get a much nicer result. And you're less likely to go too far if you if it's damp. I lent. I don't know if this is if this is deeply unhygienic, but I lent my foot grater to my sister-in-law, <laughs> who um, who turned around, who went who went off and returned and, and and said that was one of the most satisfying experiences of my life. <laughs> 
There's a lot to unpack there, Annabelle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, yes, so if we move up your leg and think about um, what happens there, what have you been using? Uh, in, are you, we talking about hair management here? Hairy We're legs. talking about hair management. We might be talking about hydration. We might even be talking about a bit of fake tanning. Oh, gosh, well can talk about those all, all of them so in terms of um hair removal i am a devoted epilator user are you and have been for oh yes i think that they've they've sort of edged their way back into fashion epiladies um <laughs> a few of my friends have said i've discovered an epilady and also again i think it's, it's quite an addictive feeling sitting in front of netflix with your epilady well i mean i've been using epilators since like my early teens so like the barbaric ones that you used to get and I are now, they much less painful now? Well, yes, and also obviously because I've been using them for that long, my hair is not as difficult to remove. So I <laughs> I, I use them very happily, but and also I also use um, the Philips Lumea. So that's um, an IPL at home hair reduction device. So and you so basically have, it's a laser. Yeah, well, it isn't. It's not a laser. It's intense pulse light. And if you go to their launches or presentations, they'll be very clear to say it is not a laser. But it's <laughs> intense pulse light and it does, it's got that thermal reaction that goes into the follicle and kills the root, weakens the hair. So what I tend to do is you used to have to use that on hair that you'd shaved. So there was still some of the pigment, some of the hair left in the follicle. But now you can actually epilate your hair and a few days later you can use it. So I found that's a really good combo. And I actually do think... I wouldn't advise shaving anymore uh, because I feel that you can use something like an epilator and then use something like one of those IPL devices. And there are lots of them available now. And the technology is so advanced now that what you can get and use in the home is actually pretty effective. So I think if you're going to be removing hair, be removing hair with a view to it getting less and less of a problem rather than... On any part of your body? Yeah. Just legs with the epilator? Uh, oh, with the, epi- with the epilator I go, I go in. Yeah, it, it gets used pretty much everywhere. <laughs> I go in. Um, what, what, about, what, about, um, what about ingrown hairs? Now, here's where shaving comes in. Because you're absolutely right. With the epilator, what can happen is that because the hair gets weaker, then the next time it tries to grow out of the follicle, it can sometimes not make it. And then the skin forms over the top. And that's when you get that nice little hair that you pop out and you realise you've got an inch of hair under your skin that's just been sitting there. Yes, amid an absolute sort of symphony of blood and gore. Yes. I mean, you make it sound so simple, but we all know. I mean, when the last time I tried an epilator, I did find that there were some ingrown hairs. And I tried the salicylic acid sprays and those kinds of things, but they didn't really get me where I needed to be. So what I've found is that if you, two or three days after you epilate, and this is more for the legs, I'm not talking about your intimate areas because that's obviously a slightly different scenario. And if you do have ingrown hairs, it might be that that kind of plucking, waxing isn't for you necessarily because if that's going to keep happening, it's a pain. But um, if you are doing the legs, arms, underarms, for example, epilate, and then a couple of days later shave the area, there'll be no hair to shave, but it's essentially an exfoliation. So that if, oh. yeah, so it's just, it just keeps that, it means that there's less of a barrier for the yeah. hair to have to fight through. So I have found that to be pretty effective, to be honest. Do a wet shave. Yes, I mean, if, you, if you've got shaving foam for women in the house, great, but I just, a little bit of conditioner works wonders. Really? What, hair conditioner? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Did you not know that? No, I know That's nothing. One of those 
old oh okay yes hair conditioner it does blunt your razor so if you've got a disposable razor it might last less long i think i'm right in saying but it is very good yeah any razor that you use as well i would say always make sure i mean even though it's sort of a bit of a, a nonsense that there are women's razors that are more expensive than men's razors the women's razors are much more guarded like so then you're much less likely to nick yourself mm-hmm. so definitely when you are going to be using a razor make sure you invest in something like that and what and, and what do you use to, for a body moisturizer legs you know arms the works well i have dry skin and my legs always look a bit ashy and i've got um you can see on the video like my knees and elbows get a little bit um they're discolored basically which isn't the greatest and i have used pretty much everything and a simple moisturizer like something like cerave which is just a moisturizing pump action thing that you can get on the high street is really good for me i've been using urea recently as well which definitely seems to be making a difference um, I use those exfoliating gloves in the shower. I make sure that... So do I. All the expensive exfoliators yeah. in the world and those cheap plasticky gloves. Isn't it funny because, you know, you've been a beauty editor, I'm a beauty columnist, and we both use these rubbishy gloves rather yeah. than all the beautiful fragrance. I don't like exfoliators. They feel like an effort. All the grains go everywhere. And, they, and you need the brutality of those gloves, really, don't you? <laughs> yeah, and I just think... They just feel more efficient, to be honest, because mm. sometimes... I think they are more efficient. And the only time I've used um, any kind of scrub recently is I uh, had a pot of the Goop one, the salt scrub with the oil in. And that was something that I was using at the end of the day if I had a shower late in the day. And then you basically, you, you shower off the crystals, but it leaves a film of really lovely oil on. And that just felt like quite a luxurious, you know, fun thing to do. So that's the only time I've used an actual physical scrub. CeraVe, I agree, is my favourite high street moisturiser. I think it's brilliant. Massive great pot of CeraVe for sort of 12 quid that lasts you for three months. Genius. I tell you something interesting about lockdown is it showed me exactly how long everything lasted because I, I started something at the beginning of lockdown and for the and usually I don't because I'm I'm having to write about things so I'm yeah. darting around and I stuck Same. with them and I realized that a bottle of shampoo and conditioner lasted me for you know two and a half months mm. I thought that was very good <laughs> no it's been it's been really interesting as well because I think with lockdown it's sort of on the one hand it's allowed us to take our foot off the beauty gas because we haven't had to wear makeup every day if we haven't wanted to Um, But it's also allowed us to sort of slip into a higher gear because if you want to, you can, you've got more time now to do things like masks or maybe if you had been thinking about trying retinol, uh, which obviously has that sort of initial turbulent period of dusting and what have you and can make you slightly oversensitized, it's been a really good time to lean into that. So I think it's been really interesting. I've spoken to loads of friends and the majority of my friends are friends from the beauty industry. And so many of them have said they haven't put foundation on for the entire lockdown, which I find bonkers because I put a face on, not a, not a lot, but I put a face on every day because if I, for me, that's like, that's my mental health. Because when I was depressed, I stopped wearing makeup. So I don't fall into that uh, trap. Ah, okay. Because it's like, is it yeah. a signifier? And it's slightly, it's slightly chicken and egg and cart and horse, that, isn't it? Was yeah. I de- you know, will I get depressed because I'm not wearing makeup or will I stop wearing makeup because I'm depressed? So let's just keep putting it on. Exactly, exactly. In the uh, asylum. A hundred percent. Emma, what about self-tan? Self-tan. So I actually have been uh, trying quite a few during lockdown because my way of, even though I should know better, Annabelle, come on, let's face it, we both have beauty colours, we know how to put on fake tan, but I always go big or go home. I always really just like... But who can be asked? (laughs) 
Well, who can be asked with the exfoliation and the pre, you know, the pre sludge and then the mid sludge and the post sludge <laughs> and then the don't have a bath and then the. I mean, yes, we know, but but you know, do we listen? We never listen. That's the problem. No. Well, I do have a I do have a schedule. So I fake tan once a week. And then the next morning is when I change my bed sheets and I have a bed protector on and that bed protector is hopefully only there for, for fake tan. <laughs> I know, I know a woman, I know a woman who will only have sex um, the night before her sheets are changed and I have a hard relate to that. <laughs> nice. But, <laughs> so what are your fake tans of choice for your different, different parts of your body? Well, I've recently discovered Amanda Harrington London and I've heard about this for many years and it's like the fake tan with brushes. But I didn't really understand what it meant. And then... Well, um, it's permanent makeup. She's a great friend of mine, actually, and it's amazing. It is absolutely brilliant. And what it's allowed me to do... The thing about the Amanda Harrington is it makes you prettier. (laughs) Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. But what it does is it allows you to... It's actually made me quite light-handed with tan because I'm able to see the difference that I'm making. And essentially the difference for listeners is that this tan comes with brushes or you get the brushes to go with it and you essentially buff in the tan. So it's much harder to get streaks. You are... There's a slight guide colour, but not loads. So you're able to actually see how and where you're getting the depth of colour. And also what's brilliant, what I think is genius on the face one... Two days after you do the face tan, you can then go in, just spritz the tan on the brush and do the backwards three that all the makeup artists do for like that sun-kissed beautiful glow. And then you can make that a permanent, semi-permanent obviously, you can have that so that when you wake up the next morning, wash your face, you really don't have to do a hell of a lot of makeup because you've already got some of that structure that you... And that yeah. definition that you you've put given in. yourself cheekbones and a jawline. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. Exactly. And I think one of the most prettifying things anybody can do, even if you don't wear mascara, and I know everyone always says, "Oh, I couldn't leave the house without mascara or lip gloss," but I honestly think the backwards three on the hairline, the cheek, and the jawline is just so prettifying and so subtle, and just makes and you quick. look natural. Yeah, and just makes you look naturally, you know, like you woke up like this. And do you use the Amanda tan um, on your body as well? Because I, I tend to use it on my face and sort of and sort of chest, and then I go for something else if no, I can be bothered and just. I do the whole shebang. And actually, I was on the phone. You to, do. I was on the phone to Amanda the other day, and I had gone. I was really tired on Sunday night, and I said, "Oh, I've been doing my. I've been doing your tan on a Sunday night." And I just went to bed, and I was tired, and I thought, "Oh, should I get up and do it? I'm changing the sheets in the morning," and I didn't. And then I woke up at three o'clock. And I did it at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so good. Is that because, it's very, very mid-alt. Is that because you woke up and looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, oh my God, I haven't, you had, didn't have that normal Monday morning kind of glow that you would have had? Or because no, you were just... No, do you know what? I think it's because I, I know how good it looks when it's done. And I knew that I was missing out. And I knew that I wouldn't do it if I changed the bedsheets. And I didn't want to leave the bedsheets on for an extra day. So it just, well, I'm up now. I've already checked my phone. I've already checked every social media app and my email. So I might as well just go into the bathroom. And it's really quick. It is incredibly quick. I think it took all of six minutes to do the lot. Yeah. So, I mean, my back, obviously not. What other other tans have you been playing with? Well, the only other one that I've actually been playing with during lockdown is I got a preview sample from my good good friend, Jules Von Hepp, at Isle of Paradise. And he's just launched the High Glow, which is the... 
It's, it's essentially a fake tan serum, and there's one for the face and there's one for the body. And it's, it's all about just giving you glowy skin. So it's, it's still in the tanning category, but it really is just about um, putting on this lovely hydrating layer, and then it's glowy and tanny. You're not going to get any streaks. And I just, I mean, he's such a clever, clever human. And, I think... and a delightful human and worth following on Instagram, actually. Oh, 100%. 100%. And we actually, we had a FaceTime yesterday. because so we were like, it's Monday. How are you feeling? And we had a fun FaceTime that perked us both up, shall we say. <laughs> um, and then as we, as, we, as we move up your body, mm-hmm. you're just going to move up your body. Go on, Annabelle. Um, do you believe in cellulite cream? <laughs> no. No, not do I. Okay, just checking. <laughs> no, but I do think that if you do have problem areas, uh, and I'm a big fan of this as I dry body brush, and I think there have been trials that have shown that if you want to make any kind of visual impact, even though you have to, your expectations have to be very low because it's going to be a minimal visual impact, but if you're going to have any kind of impact on your cellulite, it is going to be with regular body brushing. And, and, but Which I, is actually quite sore because you need a pretty stiff, sturdy brush for dry body brushing. And so well, you have to slightly grit your teeth. I mean, it's sort of, I guess it sort of wakes you up and it's quite enlivening. But well, if you're premenstrual or sensitive, I, you know, you sort of like then want to punch yourself for inflicting Well, pain. actually, I, I remember recommending it to someone when I worked on a magazine and saying, oh, no, you want to be dry body brushing. And she came in like two days later and was like, I'm red raw. And I hadn't given her the crucial instruction, which is the brush sort of almost barely touches you. So even though it is a stiff, dry body brush that you can get on the high street or from any kind of beauty retailer, I remember having a a dry body brushing treatment years and years and years ago at Neil's Yard Remedy, actually. And the uh, woman who was doing it said, your touch wants to be as light as a kitten's paw. And so it always sticks with me every time I use it, as light as a kitten's paw. So you're barely touching the skin, and that's how you get the most out of that. It's like feather touches, but you're using that brush. I never got that memo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so, so no, but I, no, no, so I agree about cellulite creams, but I have found um, a body cream recently which does do a little bit more than other body creams. Maybe they're not created equal, and it is extremely expensive, and you'll know the name, and it's Augustine Asbada. Oh, right, yeah. Who's produced that extraordinary cream called the Rich Cream for Face, which make which which it was it was developed in a in a lab somewhere like sort of you know Leipzig um, to help children with burns, and it's a, a disgustingly expensive. Yeah. And the body cream is also disgustingly expensive and does something special to the texture of your skin. Anything more specific, or did, have you just noticed a really? I've just noticed I've just particularly I tell you where I've noticed it and I use it very sparingly because it's so expensive it's unscented and 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 um if you get those slightly ashy dry legs lower legs and I don't love putting on body lotion in the morning because I'm always so hot and angry and trying to get out the house and I just get sweaty and then I hop from foot to foot trying to waiting to be able to put on my clothes and the whole experience is very unedifying but but I I, if I but I don't get sweaty calves you know you know praise the lord so but if I if I use it on my lower legs before I you know put on flip-flops and a sundress nowadays it just makes them smooth and 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 kind of as good as they can be really what's the active ingredient is there an active ingredient in it I'm going to have to Google it and come back to it. <laughs> I have to say, this conversation is really important to me because I've started dressing like an 80s fun mum, you know, like sporty with shorts and like sweatshirts and things. And so my knees are the horror show. And the other day I was using a kind of um, a moisturising, tanning situation thing. And, uh, and I realised I hadn't done the back of my legs. So the front of my legs were this sort of weird, sort of, you know, orangey colour and the, the back of my legs were completely white. 
So there you go. So I need to uh, up Easily my game. done. And if you can't see it, it doesn't count. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, and so onto your tummy. How's all that been during lockdown? I mean, I must say you look wonderful. What's going on? Thank you very much. Well, I have lost weight. I've lost 30 pounds since I last saw you, since you came on my show. And how did you do that? Well, I mean, it's incredibly scientific and it's just, I ate less. <laughs> I mean, well done. So it's, sort of, it's sort of both depressing and liberating when you realise that that works. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, there's two things about it. I think uh, I always used to put quite a lot of emphasis on exercise. I've always exercised. But I never used to put it on social media. But every morning I'd always do something, go for a run or what have you. And as soon as I started changing my eating habits, obviously I started to drop weight and then I started doing pictures of me post-exercise or I'd talk to the camera and say, oh, the podcast has gone live and it'd be clear that I just worked out and people would be like, oh my God, you're just, it's because you're doing all this exercise. And I've sort of had to say, no, I've always done this. You've just never seen it because <laughs> um, I'm just a bit more confident to be able to talk to the camera in my gym gear. And so that was the biggest thing. But uh, actually what happened was I had a breast reduction last summer and I sort of assumed that when I had the breast reduction, that my I would look great physically. <laughs> so it was, it was. I think. Well, I think one does that. I've got very, very big boobs, and I think you think, oh, they're so hard to dress, and they get in the yeah. way, and it's so unflattering. And so, if you get them, you know, tweaked, then suddenly you're going to look very slender. And what what actually happened? Well, what happened was is that instead of my sort of entire torso being sort of covered by boob when they were reduced and lifted I was able to see my waist and then I was like oh no it's your ass that's massive isn't it (laughs) can I just say Emma you've always looked wonderful so before you know because I don't ever want us to make people feel like they need to kind of you know but you do look amazing now so there you go just saying it no thank you and also that's really kind of you to say and I obviously I'm not uh, suggesting that anybody needs to lose weight or anything but I definitely have I'd never felt comfortable in my own skin and I thought a lot of it was to do with the boob. I had the operation and then I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) all right. What led you to make the decision to have the operation? Because I must say, I'm hearing of a lot of of women, grown-up women, who are just deciding to um, get their breasts reduced a lot a lot who said I, I've been living with this for years either it's because you know they've had babies or they've and they feel that they're saggy or because they've had big tits since they were 14 and they and they've never liked them they've always got in the way and they finally got the confidence to say I don't have to do this anymore yeah it's interesting I did a whole podcast episode about it and sort of like my whole thinking and what had happened and it had been something I'd been wanting for years but I wanted I wanted what the operation would give me but I didn't want to have general anesthetic and have surgery um, and it's really funny how many messages I get daily from women who say, oh, I listened to your podcast today or it's helped me with my decision making or it's something that's really bothered me. Um, I think it just I think it just is a really personal thing. And for me, what the funniest thing about it for me is actually after the fact is I didn't realize how much it was, how much they were in my way. Yeah. But it's so personal. Um, but then one of the th- other things that happened was not long after the operation, I had my picture taken next to Elizabeth Hurley from a very unflattering angle for me. <laughs> and that was when I realised, OK, well, you, you have to be really honest with yourself about this. And then my friend Alex Light, who uh, writes about body positivity, I'm sure you know who she is. She has a great podcast, too. She came on my show and was talking about her eating disorder and said to me, I think you should read this book called Brain Over Binge. 
And I was furious with her, like quietly seething that she would suggest that I would do something as, you know, whatever as binge eating. And she'd mentioned that to me months earlier, probably about four months earlier. And just when I saw that picture of Elizabeth and I, I'm sure you can relate, you know, the back of my neck got very, very hot. My eyes filled up with that hot, with hot tears. And I just thought, not this again. And I was a few months off turning 42. And I just thought, am I really going to do this for the rest of my life? Am I really going to be this unhappy? And that's what it was for me. I was never happy in my skin, ever. And I'm not saying that I am now, but um, I, feel, I, feel, I definitely feel different. But so I ordered the book. I read it in one sitting. And I had your friend of mine on Mandy Saligari, who when I told her that, she went, mm, you read a binge eating book in one go? Interesting. <laughs> She, you binged she's it, so you fantastic. She's you binged it. Yeah, I binged the book. Yeah. And I, I, I think I ordered it on Amazon. It was delivered to me the next sort of mid-morning. I stopped what I was doing. Literally just like got my desk, threw everything off my desk, sat and read it, highlighted sections, sat at my desk for like eight hours and read it, read sections over again, went to bed that night. And it was like when I woke up in the morning, I'd had a software reboot. And my relationship with food was completely changed. And that sounds like a magic bullet. And it wasn't. It was because there were so many dominoes in place before reading that book. It was the right time registered for exactly. you to be receptive to it. And I think that's the key, isn't it, with all of this stuff? It's, it's the right, the point. And I understand, like, you know, you couldn't hear it the first time she said it. But the second time you were like, OK, you know, and uh, yeah, no, with all of this, these big decisions, it was like me with not drinking. You know, it was like, I've got to stop drinking, I've got to stop drinking, can't stop drinking. And then one day, just someone said, you know, I think you should stop drinking. And I was like, yeah. And that was it. It was like, it was like I was ready for, to hear it. And I was ready to move on and, and deal with it. And the thing is, it's not like, you know, I have, my weight has been an issue since I was a young teenager. And I've pushed 200 pounds, like I've yo-yoed, but it's not the first time somebody has said to me, maybe you eat too much, you know? Mm. But for some reason, you know, the conversation with Alex, the surgery, the picture with Elizabeth Hurley, the book, just all fit into place. And I was just able to move forward. And it has been, it's been really life-changing for me, but then I wouldn't want somebody to listen to this, read the book and not have the same reaction and feel really disappointed and feel like I'm uh, sort of selling them a false promise because it really, it's not necessarily, everyone's going to have a different interpretation and a different reaction. But for me personally, I knew that there was something unhelpful about the way I approach food and exercise. And I knew it needed to be fixed because it was always there. You know, when I talk, you know, I'm absolutely fine, but I'm probably worrying about something I don't need to worry about. Nine times out of 10, it'll be about what I've eaten, what I'm about to eat, the fact that my clothes feel tight. It was all, it was all, all around a lot of that, yeah. Has that lifted now? Um. It's a really interesting question. Yes, it has to an extent. I just, because I don't feel like I'm doing myself harm anymore. Whereas in the past, I always knew I was doing something self-destructive. Also, I, I remember years ago, I lost 40 kilograms. Wow. Um, Kickstarted by heartbreak, but basically because of all the stuff that we've discussed, I was ready. It sort of all went to shit after I had a, a baby. But um, but for those years, the weight, the weight literally and metaphorically was lifted off my shoulders because I just knew how I lived. Mm. I knew how I ate. I knew how I exercised. It was like a uniform. It was a habit. It wasn't a diet. It was just the way that I, the way that I did things. Mm. Um, and then it took the disruption of, of, of having a baby by myself to make, to wibble it all yeah. up. 
again. But I completely understand um, that you can just get yourself. It's a virtuous circle, really. And also, I feel like for the first time, I'm not a prisoner or I'm not, I don't feel any pressure from food or exercise anymore. No, you're the boss now. Yeah, but it's not a control thing because I sometimes think, gosh, if I write this down, this is what some people would say is bad behaviour. And like if I read some of my friends who are body positivity activists, I think, oh, but I don't feel like this is unhealthy for me. I actually feel like this is positive. So it's, yeah, it's all in a, a very complicated space. And it's all really personal. And I do think that the thing I wish I had had before was I wish I'd had the confidence in my own skin so that it didn't matter. But it wasn't to do with weight or size or the number on the scale. It really was to do with I was doing something to myself that was making me unhappy. And that so needed to stop. acting out on food. Exactly. Okay, enough of your body. <laughs> enough of her body. Um, let's move up to your face. Sure. And talk about what you've been using on your skin over the past few months. You are literally not glowing. Look. I mean, I know that when, lo- when lockdown started, I don't know if it was, I think it was shock and anxiety, actually. Um, I, I developed strange dry patches all over my skin that, I, that, I'd never ha- that I'd never had before. And I, a combination of a couple of masks. I think there was the Lixa vitamin C paste mask and then there was a Ven. That's intense. Um, a Ven mask. And if I found if I used first the vitamin C one to exfoliate and brighten and then the Ven one to, to moisturise twice a week, it's sorted me out. But I mean, I think people's skin and hormones and appetites and tempers and sleep patterns and everything has gone, you know, most peculiar. So how have you been handling your skin for the last few months? I'm fortunate in the fact that my skin has had its has had real troubles in my teens and I've had real hormonal issues over the years, which touch wood have um, evened out now. So my skin has often been very reactive and really acneic and (laughs) And essentially what happens is I have a few spots that I can almost like predict based on what day of my cycle it is. On your chin? Actually, it's cheeks. Oh. Cheeks. Not even, it's, so it's not even just before, it's usually like two weeks before around ovulation. So, um... My skin hasn't been too bad, but it's definitely had, as you say, that dryness. What's yours been like, Emily? Well, mine, I was just looking, I mine, I've still got quite a lot of redness, which I just can't seem to shake. And I've tried guts things and I've tried, you know, exfoliating no, you, gentle. You need, you, need some, you need some light on that. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do it with creams. No. Yeah. And, um, and also because I've been out in the, in the I've been out in, in all weathers uh, in lockdown, um, having people to entertain and keep running and a dog and whatever. So, I mean, honestly, I feel like I'm basically like a, like a sailor. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, so let's not judge my skin. And I can't be bothered to put anything no, no. on it. So, but I have been using a Vichy Rose Night moisturizer, which I really like. Nice. Yeah, just nice. nice. I, I've been doing things, and I'm sure listeners will relate to this. So I've been doing a few more masks. So I... I mean, Boots Number no. 7 do these amazing just hydration masks. There's a little bit of anti-aging in there. I don't really like all this messaging, by the way, around these masks that say it's got a bottle of serum in, because when do you need to whack a whole bottle of serum on your face? But those masks that you can clip around your ears and just sit and read for 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever, I would never normally have given my time, myself time to do those. They would have seemed too fussy, and I should be doing this, I should be doing that. I've been doing. I've been using those. I've also been I was ramping up the retinol for a bit then we had the heat wave and I thought well I better be a bit careful so obviously I've been using SPF in the day like I've been using the new Sarah Chapman uh, Skinesis SPF 50 which is really nice I'm wearing that now um 
But really, I've just been uh, sort of using more active ingredients because I'm not worried so much about if I do have a reaction because I know that no one's going to see me the next day. <laughs> so yeah. I have been using, so I have been using, for example, like exfoliate, which is quite an intense glycolic uh, exfoliating treatment. And then I also use... Um, yes, the Kate Somerville stuff is, it's an interesting range and she's just bought out... Um, uh, a sensitive skin range. Yes, so I've the been using that I... once a week, which is Delicate. Delicate, that's Which it, is yeah. lovely, which is actually, and I use the cleanser every day, pretty much every day, or like the Alpha H Pore Balancing Cleanser. I feel like if you're really clever with your cleanser choices as well, because they're on your face for not very long, you can think, oh, it's fine to use a foaming one, or it's fine to use something that doesn't maybe feel nice. Even though it's not on for very long, your cleanser really does prep your skin for the actives that you're going to put on top. So if so, if your cleanser irritates you, then anything after the fact, I think you're going to have issues. I completely agree. I feel like the cleanser is the basis for everything that happens next. Yes. And it's really worth chopping and changing a bit until you find something that that works. What, what's your favourite cleanser? Well, at the moment, it was it's either Alpha H Pore Balancing. I've used that for a really long time, and I find that just... It's the one that I constantly come back to. I've only just, mm. uh, I only received Delicate because it's quite new about a month mm. ago. So I've been using that for a couple of weeks. And then also I really like the Jordan Samuel cleansers. I've got the After Show, which is for me just like the perfect evening cleanse because it's a gel. But once you massage it into your skin, it feels so luxuriously silky. And boy, is it efficient at getting off makeup. And because I'm wearing bases that have SPF in them so I'm wearing the Sarah Chapman Skinesis and I'm also wearing the new Max Factor Miracle Second Skin Foundation which has got SPF 20 in I want to make sure that I'm using a really good cleanser that's going to get that off because you don't want any of that left on your skin because your actives won't be able to penetrate so mm. um, and, really... your, and your pores will suffer precisely exactly great big black pores um, what about um, hair you probably do you have do you color your hair do you have any gray what's the story well actually (laughs) lockdown's been fantastic because i had so i have thinning hair i have um, androgenic alopecia and i've talked about thinning my thinning hair for a long time and i recently had a video consultation with annabelle kinkley and it was game changing but before i had that consultation i will just say i've never been able to wear a center parting because i have thin hair and so listeners and you'd never know i can just see a sort of yeah. ravishing mane listeners i'm showing them my thought well now with the lights gone i've colored it in with color wow ah i use color wow and it is so for people who don't know color wow comes in basically it's a bit like a, a bit like a light, little eyeshadow compact it's a, wa- isn't it? it's a, it's a dense you- waxing eyeshadow basically and you just brush it on where you need it and i've been i've been using the joshwood at home color which um, is a remarkably, remarkably good um, range of products, uh, which is cheap and brilliant, which I've talked about on the podcast before. But just on the in-betweens, when a little grey comes through at the front, I've got a little patch. Colour Wow, I mean, I sort of don't really leave home without it, just like I don't same. leave home without tweezers. Same. Oh, gosh, no. Why? <laughs> no, never. But same, but I use it to paint my scalp, but then I also use it at the moment. I could probably do... Oh, to paint doing... your scalp. So if your hair is thinning, it's yes. the illusion of opaqueness. Yes. Very clever. But then I also use it to cover my greys. But so I had this uh, video consultation with Annabelle Kingsley about my androgenic alopecia. And she said, okay, this is what it is. It is a progressive condition. These are some things you could change up. These are some things you can do. And I've been using the protocol she prescribed. Obviously, it's not the full prescription strength because she can't give that to me unless I go in. 
but I've been using a very weak uh, minoxidil drop and some other bits and I've been washing my hair every day, which I previously hadn't done. I'd always try to do it every second day or third day. Philip Kingsley always used to say, and you've, if listeners, if you've noticed my change in tone, it's because of the look on Emily's face. If Philip Kingsley always used to say, wash your hair every day because it's about scalp health. And as soon as Annabelle said, it's like double cleansing your face to get the best out of your active skin ingredients. Your she was speaking your language. I was like, I hear you. I understand. I'm washing my hair. Because I have basically stopped washing my hair. Like I've gone from every other day to three, four days mainly because I just I don't know why I can't be bothered. But maybe I should just go back to washing every day. Panics. I think you've got to do what suits your hair. If your hair feels and looks all right, then keep going. Yeah. I guess. I thought it would I thought it would be a bit of a faff, but I've I think it's made I think it's one of the things that's made a real difference. So Listen, there are t- there's a tension at the moment because there are two sort of competing wisdoms whereby people are saying wash your hair every day for scalp health and basically stop washing your hair. Yeah. So, you know, we know we've got two narratives going at the moment. So I mean I guess one will suit some and one will suit the other, and that is what makes life beautiful. Exactly. Totally, totally. Do you take any supplements for your hair? I, yes, so I've got a, oh, I'll tell you what they are. If I've got the piece of paper here, I do. <laughs> um, Handy. I'm at my desk, so it's just in, at the top of my desk drawer. So I am taking um, a protein supplement, which I think is just sort of, you know, all your proteins to make sure that you're feeding your hair. Because the only thing she said during my consultation was, you're not really, you're eating, you're not eating at breakfast, you're only having coffee and you need to be eating at breakfast so you can feed your hair and then gelatin so which is this amino oh. acid a gelatin protein and a an all-round multivitamin but then I always so take strengthen your nails as well yeah so I also take um vitamin d because when I had a, a hormone test about three years ago I was like not just deficient I was worryingly deficient so I take vitamin d and I also take heights which is this smart supplement for the brain and I've been really impressed with that it's really it's actually really it's so hard to sort of say how you can't measure whether a supplement's working but I I, I know I'm absolutely rattling with supplements <laughs> often I forget to take uh, to take my second <laughs> dose for the day and end up t- trying to do something disastrous like take it with wine or soup <laughs> she's got a, she's got a little silver she's got a little silver platter that uh, that all her supplements are on it's so funny so extra I love do you it. know what yeah. I actually I bought a little lazy Susan from TK Maxx about six months ago because I thought oh that would be quite good for mugs and things on the kitchen surface like espresso cups it looked quite cute and it has become my lazy season of vitamins and tablets <laughs> just like filled all, with pills and hormones and it just i just spin it dhea thanks so very much it. vitamin d get in here yes dhea i've had i've had lots of saucy stories about DHEA. dhea like what that it was just that it can really 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 almost problematically multiply the frisk <laughs> oh, really? in a woman i'm genuinely shocked you haven't asked me about maintenance of the nether regions <laughs> Largely, because we don't really care. <laughs> As you were working your way up my legs, I thought, oh dear. I know oh, I it's, it's a sort of, it's a, it's a sort of needs-must situation. But, but you know, before you go, please tell us about your nether regions. How are they, how are they looking, really Emma? I think it's really telling just skipped it completely. We're just like, yeah, well, yes, exactly. <laughs> I like to think it's because you think I'm a Barbie doll. <laughs> um... I, I do, so I, the only thing I use wax, I know a lot of people, the reason I mention it is because I know a lot of people are missing their waxes 
But I yes. do think there is some great home waxing. I bet products. my waxer isn't missing me. But anyway, <laughs> come on. There are, the at-home waxing products are amazing. And I just want to give a shout out. I don't use, I, I tend to epilate or use the laser as we've previously discussed. But if you want a really good wax, it's the Parissa wax. And it comes Parissa? With, yes, you can get P-A-R-I-S-S-A. You can get it on Amazon. It used to be in Boots, but I don't think it is anymore. And you get a little saucepan as if you're on a camping trip. And you put it on the hob and you let it melt and then you let it sort of thicken up a bit. And you use that as you would one of the Lycon waxes in a salon. And it is brilliant. I, I used to do that with body shop sugaring many, oh, many I years ago. And fabric that. strips. Do you remember that? I do. And, um, and if, but again, a bit like the grater, don't grate too hard. Don't heat it too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you... Once you heat it up, you then have to walk away for five minutes or 10 minutes, depending. But, and this is, and I I am going to share this because we went straight from body to hair. I am a regular nasal waxer. Oh. And and this This is so good. Can you use it for your nasal waxing? Yes. So, but here's the only thing, and this is a public safety announcement. Don't shove wax up your nose. Like you have nostril hairs for a reason to keep out allergens and anything that might irritate and also you don't want anything you don't want to be waxing up your nostrils i know there are these videos on instagram where people shove massive cotton buds full of the stuff and pull them out and it's great i just so i don't know about you i've got quite a big nose as well i just put the wax right on the inside and you know when you're ready because i'll be sitting proofreading something or editing a podcast and i'll be playing with it it's the tell (laughs) i have it with my chin it's exactly. the one thing a, a woman can see it in another woman so just the sort of exposed bit on the inside the of the nostrils bit, it comes down the exposed for the stragglers bit. yeah so that if you yeah. were to sort of have a mirror if you were to be doing your mascara and looking down into a mirror you'd think oh there's about five or six hairs there if you just get a cotton bud and get just place it there and make sure you draw it out a little bit so you're drawing so you're sort of putting it in and then making sure there's a little bit of the wax on the top of your top lip your tash area so that you can just pull that up and that's your leverage to get it out i did it on sunday and i thought why didn't i do this last week this is the greatest feeling ever oh i'm gonna do it it was wonderful it is i couldn't be more delighted that we ended on nasal hair absolutely made my day <laughs> Emma. Um, and don't you think emily so much it's really so all we can say is you're a sensation and we're going to see you this is a threat we're going to see you very soon well we threatened this last time when you came on my podcast we had all these grand plans for karaoke and nonsense and we never saw them through so okay well, this time... <laughs> well next time because because things are going to be different right <laughs> they are <laughs> things are going things to be are going to be different this time okay um lots of love everybody thank you for listening bye. thank you bye bye You've been listening to Annabelle Rivkin and Emily McMeekin of The Mid-Alt. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. And I'll just leave you with this thought. Everyone seems normal until you get to know them. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.